Movie Madness. I'm your host, Andrew Nunes, and today's episode is all about last week in movies. I'm going to look at some of the news that broke in the film world from the past week and give some insight on it. So without further ado, let's jump right in. The first thing I want to talk about is some Rotten Tomato scores that have come out in the past week, and we're going to start with West Side Story, the movie based on a movie that's based on a musical. It has a 96% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and the consensus reads, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story presents a new look at the classic musical that lives up to its beloved forebear, and in some respects might even surpass it. The film stars Ansel Elgort and Rachel Ziegler and had a December 10th release date. I'm a musical kid myself. I... You know, I did theater in high school, and musicals always hold a, a soft spot in my heart, but I have absolutely no desire to see this one. For whatever reason, it looks bland and boring. Being the Ricardos has a 65% approval rating of Rotten Tomatoes. The consensus read, Being the Ricardos can't hope to truly capture its subject's brilliant star power, but Nicole Kidman has a ball with Aaron Sorkin's Spitfire dialogue. It stars Nicole Kidman, Javier Bardem, and had a December 10th release date. This is about the I Love Lucy characters, um, the actors that played them, and how they fit into their role. This one is actually on my list because I, I'm a sucker for Aaron Sorkin writing. Like, he's one of my favorite writers. I watch pretty much everything he's done, and I think this film is just going to be great. Last but not least, the last release of December 10th is Don't Look Up. It had a 60% approval rating of Rotten Tomatoes, and it reads, Don't Look Up aims too high for its scattershot barbs to consistently land, but Adam McKay star-studded satire hits its target of collective denial square on. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. This is that weird, like, climate change that has had massive, um, like, a massive amount of promo work, and to be quite honest with you, I don't care about it. I think Adam McKay does some really well well directed and like really well done movies um but after seeing vice i really don't think i have a desire to seek out this i think his you know biopics and his like true to life stuff isn't that great um uh, dicaprio and lawrence would probably be really great in it as long with like like several other a-list cast in it but i have no desire to actually go to see this or well turn it on on netflix or whatever it is now i want to move on to news one big story that broke was the adam mckay and will farrell split and basically the two worked together they were a director acto combo and they've worked together on a ton of stuff they did anchorman stepbrothers anchorman 2 all of those like john c Riley, will farrell movies like they were pretty much they did it together so basically what happened is mckay revealed that the two haven't worked together since anchorman 2 um, and apparently the, the cause of the breakup was McKay casted John C. Riley in his upcoming HBO show about the 1980 Lakers. And it was revealed, like from the art, from what everything that I read, it was revealed that Will Ferrell was initially attached to star in the series before McKay cast Riley in the same role. Um, McKay states, I should have called him. I didn't. And Riley did. And of course, because Riley, he's a stand-up guy. I fucked up on how I handled that. It's just, it's the old thing of keep your side of the street clean. I should have just done everything by the book. So what happened was McKay cast Farrell, thought John C. Riley was going to be a better fit. So cast him in the same role and then never called Will Farrell to say, hey, we're recasting this. Sorry. You know, it's just not a right fit. Um, but apparently tension between the two started prior to this. Um, McKay has been wanting to get into producing more works. And, you know, if it's with him and him and Farrell both, they founded Gary Sanchez Productions. And they both had different visions for what the company was going to be. It seemed, from everything that I've looked into, it seems that Farrell wanted to keep 
like the company to just produce the films that the two work, two of them worked on. But McKay wanted to dip into other projects that didn't involve the duo as much, and which makes sense. Like if you want to keep a steady profit coming in, especially in Hollywood, you can't bank on the same type of comedy. Apparently, Farrell told the Hollywood Reporter, Adam was like, "I want to do this and this and this." He wanted growth and a sphere of influence, and I was just like, "I don't know." That sounds like a lot that I have to keep track of. To me, the potential of seeing a billboard and being like, oh, we're producing that. And that's, you know, that's it. Like, I mean, I think it was more so, you know, you own this company and you want to keep it under a sort of in this circle of knowing what's going on and being, you know, driving down the street and seeing a billboard like Will Ferrell stated is like, oh, I didn't know we were doing that. So it seemed like there was a lot of miscommunication between the two more than anything. Um but apparently the last conversation between the two was actually on the phone with and McKay actually goes on record saying I said well I mean we're splitting up the company and he was basically like yeah we are and basically was like have a good life and I'm like fuck Pharaoh's never gonna talk to me again it seems like a pretty bad breakup between one of Hollywood's like finest duos essentially from everything that it seems it's like it was years ago and it like hasn't come out until now and it it it's really unfortunate because they put out some great movies like Anchorman's one of the like the funniest movies I think hands down, um, and it's just a shame that the two have yet to really bury that hatchet. In other news, Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx, and Will Forte have all signed on to Voice Star and Strays, a live action CGI hybrid adult comedy film coming from Universal. The film will follow an abandoned dog that teams up with other strays to get revenge on his former owner. Adult comedy is really coming back in that, like, in, in the animation category. It seems like South Park did it, Simpsons did it, and then it was gone for a while. And then we had Sausage Party, which came back in full force. This kind of seems like a really cool idea. I... I'm excited to see what this is going to be like. I just hope it's not cheesy. Because, you know, when you do those CGI hybrid movies, you get photorealistic. In this example, it'll be photorealistic dogs and their mouths move. And it's just, it's weird. And it looks like the annoying orange. And it's just, it's very, very weird. Additionally, it has been announced that Tom Holland will be playing Fred Astaire in an upcoming biopic from Sony. Not much is known about the film, but with Holland as a star, it should be a fun flick. Last but not least in this other news section, a sequel to Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings is on the way. Writer-director Destin Daniel Cretton has signed an overall deal with Marvel Studios and Hulu's Onyx Collective, which allows him to produce for both TV and film, including the sequel to Shang-Chi and an MCU series for Disney+. I am for one super excited for this i absolutely adored shang chi i'm a sucker for good kung fu movies and they played into all the cheesiness and campiness of classic kung fu movies but they did it so eloquently and they did it in a way that made the film feel fresh in that sort of sense i was also really cool to see you know the mandarin get redemption and bring in this otherworldly type of power i thought shang chi was absolutely incredible and it it gets better with every rewatch, to be honest with you. So I'm excited to see a sequel to it. I'm also excited to see what Destin Daniel Cretton has to do with a future series and, you know, what other films he's going to produce because he's surely talented. So one of our bigger stories here, this is about the new James Bond movie. 2021 has been an interesting year for theatrical releases. With only the second half of the year seeing success in box office numbers, it's interesting to see where different franchises fall. Everyone thought that in 2020, Christopher Nolan's Tenet was going to be the film that brought people back to the movies, and it wasn't. The following nine months were filled with hybrid releases, where major films saw day-and-date theatrical and home releases. And surprisingly, it wasn't until F9 was released in June 
of 2021, that box office number started to rise. For a while there, it looked like F9 was going to be the highest grossing American-made film of the year. That has since been taken over by No Time to Die, the 25th installment of the James Bond franchise, which has now surpassed F9 in the foreign box office. The two films now sit in third and fourth highest grossing films of 2021. It's really nice to see that people are getting back to the movies and that, you know, America, American-made films hold third and fourth place in the highest grossing films of the year. People are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, why are you talking about overseas box office? Overseas box office is three-fourths, if not more, of a total box office gross for an American-made film. Franchises especially make obscene amounts of money overseas because for whatever reason, the history of a franchise and the like, the longevity of a franchise is so much greater over there than it is in here. You can't make a movie nowadays and just say that your domestic run is going to be okay a movie like fast and furious or james bond runs on a 125 million dollar budget at least and that's just making the film oftentimes what happens is they put that much into the film and then they double that and they put that second half to double it they so they 125 to make the movie and then they make 125 million to promote the movie and so to really break even on a movie you have to have double that number so if it's 125 you have to have 250 and then you broke even that's a lot of the times how it works and unfortunately you're not going to make 250 like 250 million in america it's just not happening franchises like marvel and the avengers you may see half of that you may see the production costs come back but you really need foreign box offices and other territories in the world to come in and make up that other half your promotion is just as important as making the film and a lot of companies put in if not at least half at least the at least match the production budget if not more than that to promote a film and it just it makes the most sense for them to get the most money out of a film and that's where like uh, a year like last year that was plagued with you know the pandemic is trying is struggling because a lot of movies saw day and date releases and yeah it worked for some of the animated movies but those movies were produced on a far less budget so a movie like this is just it's insane to see two american films at third and fourth on the highest grossing films and a lot of like, like we're having a really tough time right now with territories in asia because they don't want to show our films and it's really nice to see that we still have third and fourth our last real story comes from sony spider-verse early last week the trailer for the sequel to spider-man into the spider-verse was released titled spider-man across the spider-verse part one the film seems to be picking up shortly after the events of the first film as miles travels across the multiverse with gwen stacy and spider-man 2099 to face a powerful villain the film is the first of a two-part story with the sequel being confirmed for a 2023 release and it's it's going to be exciting the first spider-verse film was an absolute delight and honestly one of my favorite films of 2018 i have really high expectations for a sequel and i look forward to seeing it opening night the first one was so the animation style is what really stuck to me and it really really drew me in more i think than like a traditional animation or a live action movie don't get me wrong i love seeing spider-man and i love seeing the peter parker story but something about seeing miles who is an eclectic character as it is and so very different than tra the traditional superhero seeing it as an animated film where they can take different artistic approaches to it was just something truly amazing before i go i just want to talk about a trailer that was released today um the third 
Fantastic Beasts and where to find the movie had its first trailer drop today. And I have my reservations about this film mainly due to Johnny Depp's departure. I really wish that they had kept him signed on and they didn't ask, Warner Brothers didn't ask him to step down and replace him and it's unfortunate it really is, but the trailer looked really good and the movie looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope that there's a story reason for Depp's character's change in appearance, similar to how Colin Farrell transformed at the end of the first film. But regardless, this movie's on my radar and I hope it will be good. I really do. I want to see this succeed. I always, I've always loved the Wizarding World and I hope that this one ends up being really good. But that's all the time I have. I'm Andrew Nunes. Thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time. And remember, we all could use a little movie madness.